0: Good morning, Orlando. Welcome to the show and welcome to September and a Friday morning. I haven't said that word in 11 months. Six o'clock, first check of Orlando's news, weather and traffic now here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning, gas prices skyrocket in time for the Labor Day weekend and a local state attorney loses her battle in the state Supreme Court. Details coming up in one minute.
0: Yes, we're talking about Aramis Ayala. I like what happened. My take and yours on the big Supreme
1: Court ruling next on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio 1025. You're going to pay more for gas this Labor Day weekend than you have in a few years. You have Hurricane Harvey to thank. According to AAA in Florida, expect to see the highest Labor Day gas prices since 2014. AAA reports the current statewide average for a gallon of regular is $2.50. That's up 19 cents in a week. AAA says the price hike won't last for long. Once refineries and roads reopen in the hurricane-impacted areas, you can expect to see prices go back down. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Meantime, Hurricane Irma is holding steady in the eastern Atlantic with top winds of 115 miles an hour, making it a Category 3 hurricane as of 5 a.m., the National Hurricane Center located Irma less than 1,700 miles east of the Leeward Islands. It's moving west-northwest at 12 miles an hour. Irma's expected to remain a powerful hurricane through the weekend.
0: Boy, I got to tell you, you take a look at that thing and the real long-term projections, and there's a, beyond a point around the Leeward Islands, I don't know where this thing's going, but they, yeah, you know, when every long-term projection, Florida's included. And of that's course. Pretty scary, particularly at this time of year when we head for the peak season. What a nightmare that would be if the United States, Florida, anywhere had to deal with Irma right on the heels of Harvey. We'll be watching for it. We always cover the storms here and give everybody all the information they need on WFLA. This will be no different, right, Tom?
1: That's right. The Florida Supreme Court has sided with Governor Rick Scott in a fight with Orange Osceola State Attorney Aramis Ayala over the death penalty. The governor began transferring capital cases to an outside prosecutor after Ayala said she would no longer pursue the death penalty in any case. Ayala sued the governor, saying he exceeded his authority and interfered with her prosecutorial discretion. But the high court rejected her lawsuit, saying Ayala's arguments were, at best, a, quote, misunderstanding of Florida law. Governor Scott was pleased with the ruling.
2: It's a good day for our state. Uh, The Supreme Court made the decision that I have the authority uh, to make sure that uh, the state attorney, state attorney Ayala, complies with the law. Uh, it's very important that we think about the families, we think about the victims.
1: Ayala says she has organized a death penalty review panel to ensure the court's decision is heated. It will evaluate each first-degree murder case in her circuit.
0: We're going to hear from the state attorney um, at 11 o'clock this morning on all of this. It will be very, very interesting. Of course, will cover it on WFLA. We're going to start talking about this from a number of angles here in a moment, Tom.
1: We look forward to that. And A professor under fire for a tweet about Hurricane Harvey will not fight to keep his job. Winter Park's Kenneth Story said yesterday he has resigned from the University of Tampa and will not pursue legal action against the school. Story was reportedly fired after tweeting that Harvey was karma for Texans voting for Republicans. But The school said yesterday Story stepped down on his own. Story also said his tweet was, quote, extremely wrong, though he went on to say the reaction to it has been, quote, out of proportion. The recent killings of two Kissimmee police officers are leading Orlando police to make some changes. OPD says it will now send all bulletins about security threats to the Central Florida Intelligence Exchange, or CFIX, before Orlando police would vet the information before sending it. Now they'll just send it directly there. OPD shared information with Orange County deputies about suspected cop killer Everett Miller, but never shared that info with CFIX, Kissimmee police, or Osceola County. WFLA News Time Now 605. Read President Trump to donate to Harvey victims online right now at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: News, weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Glad you're with us. Glad Tom's been with us all week and uh, handling the news chores so well. And Deborah Roberts, absence, she'll be back right after the Labor Day holiday from her vacation. Yaffe's in the control room, and we are ready to roll from the front gate realty studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. I'm going to hit the break a little early here because I've got some more sound from Governor Rick Scott on this Supreme Court ruling here. The Florida Supreme Court slapping down State Attorney Aramis Ayala. I mean, boy, I got to tell you, it was a brutal, some say, ruling and a scathing indictment of her behavior relating to death penalty cases. We're going to talk a lot about this from a host of angles, and I'm definitely going to want to hear how you think in terms of this ruling. This was a very, very big deal. If you want to donate for Harvey relief, the Red Cross is uh, is is about as good as it gets in our opinion here at WFLA. Here's how you get with them to help out. Online redcross.org, on the phone 1-800-RED-CROSS, text Harvey to 90999. We'll get into the Ayala case here in a moment and the ruling by the Supreme Court. I think they got it right and I'll tell you why. We'll have that in Orlando's news weather and traffic in 2 minutes here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. I got to tell you, I'm not a lawyer, but I've reported on countless cases at all levels of the judicial system for years. When I was a television news reporter and anchor and now as a, as a talk guy here on WFLA, I don't think I've ever seen anyone in the criminal justice system, anyone in the judiciary specifically, slap down. So bluntly and brutally, as Aramis Ayala, the Orange Osceola State Attorney, was yesterday by the Florida Supreme Court, five to two decision, Supreme Court Justice C. Allen Lawson writing the majority opinion, listen to this, you know that Ayala back in March said she was brand new to the job, okay, she was not going to prosecute any death penalty cases. Nobody was going to face the death penalty under her watch. She didn't like the death penalty. She thought that research showed it was unevenly applied, put families through decades-long ordeals, did not deter serious crimes. Very clearly, she thought, she's the first African-American state attorney in the history of Florida, that minorities bore the brunt of most of the death penalty-level punishments and that she wasn't going to have that happening within her jurisdiction, okay? Here is what the Supreme Court ruled. By effectively banning the death penalty in the Ninth Circuit as opposed to making a case-specific determination as to whether the facts of each death penalty-eligible case justify seeking the death penalty, that's the appropriate use of prosecutorial discretion, case-by-case, not a blanket rejection of a part of standing Florida law, the legislature gets to write the laws in the state. The judiciary doesn't get to write the laws or rewrite them. At any rate, they went on and said Ayala has exercised no discretion at all. Ayala's blanket refusal to seek the death penalty in any eligible case, including a case that absolutely deserves the death penalty, listen to this, does not reflect an exercise of prosecutorial discretion. It embodies, at best, a misunderstanding of Florida law. Wow. That's brutal. I'm going to make the case in the 7 o'clock hour that Governor Scott ought to move swiftly right now, and I believe he has the power to do it, to remove her from office. I don't know how the state attorney's office under her functions. I can only imagine what the morale problem might be there at this particular point, when you've got a leader who's been slapped down by the highest court in the state for essentially having no clue about the law or really refusing to follow the law, to cherry-pick the law, what she likes, what she doesn't like. More from Ayala, and she'll speak uh, later on today, but how about we play some sound that we put together from Governor Rick Scott. This is, um, this is Scott pretty much at his best here. He he took, the, he took it to Ayala when he took away those death penalty cases, and he says, I've got the power to do this, and she can't operate that way in her job as state attorney. And, you know, normally the governor's not all that fluid not a great interview. I thought he was as good as he gets yesterday. Let's listen to him reacting to the ruling from the Supreme Court.
2: Today was a, a good day for uh law enforcement. It's a good day for our state. Uh, the Supreme Court made the decision that I have the authority uh to make sure that uh the state attorney, state attorney Iowa complies with the law. Uh it's very important that we think about the families, we think about the victims, uh, we make sure that that we stand for justice, uh that uh, the state attorneys are going to make sure Uh, Our state attorney is going to make sure she fully enforces uh, the law.
0: And let's listen to the governor now as to whether or not he might still suspend Ayala or seek to remove her from office.
2: I'm going to continue to watch what happens. I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing. Um, If uh, the state attorney does not uh, enforce the law to the full extent, I'm going to continue to to, uh, move cases to to other state attorneys.
0: And Ayala's office in a statement says she's going to form a panel of lawyers. Deputy assistant state attorneys within her office, seven of them supposedly, and we'll find out who they are today supposedly at 11 in a news conference. And they're going to review death penalty cases that come into her jurisdiction. Governor Scott sounds wary of that, so am I, and exactly what she might be up to and where this might lead.
2: What I've heard is that she's going to have a panel. Uh, The key is going to be is she going to make sure that there's justice? Is she going to, is, is the is she going to enforce the law in this panel? She's going to have to prove, uh, because she hasn't in the past. She's going to have to prove that she is going to enforce the law to the full extent. Um, you know, the if you're a state attorney, the expectation are is you look to see what uh, a uh, the accused should be charged with, and so that's what my expectation is going to be. Governor Rick
0: Scott. Now remember Ayala's campaign was financed largely by left wing billionaire and anti death penalty nut job George Soros, threw over a million dollars at a state attorney's race. Okay? And um and she wound up winning it. She said nothing about whether she would prosecute death penalty cases or not during the campaign. Apparently no reporter asked her, which I just can't believe, but apparently it's so and um, I, I, and I know she would deny it, but I think there was a clear wink and a nod. I'm going to throw this money at you, Aramis. But you know what I want when you win, and one of the things Soros would want was exactly what she's tried to do with the death penalty. You know that, and uh, and I think she has this thing about trying to put her thumb on the scale, as she says it, and balance it out—justice uh, for minorities. That she doesn't think is uh, is 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 the way of it now. At any rate, I like what happened in the Florida Supreme Court. Pleasantly surprised, actually, kind of blown away, and can't wait for Ayala, and we'll give her her due and let her speak later on today. But um, do you think the Supreme Court of Florida got it right? What do you think ought to happen now going forward? I think the best thing would be if Ayala were to resign. The second best thing would be if the governor would move move to remove her from office, which I believe he has the power to do, and I'm not the only one who thinks that. The third best thing would be to suspend her. What do you think ought to happen? 407-916-5400. It's a huge story. Text messages 23680. Join the conversation. That's what the show is all about. Hermes Ayala, the state attorney, has really been slammed by the Florida Supreme Court over refusing to take death penalty cases and prosecute them. She says now she wants to have the death penalty cases. Rick Scott says, I don't think I'm sending any to her. She's got a panel she's going to have and figure it all out as to, uh, you know, who needs to be prosecuted now under the ruling. She's saying that she wants to make sure the court ruling is heeded, et cetera. She has to at least say that or, or, or she'll be thrown out of office, you know, for contempt. Without a doubt, I think she ought to be. I think she ought to resign. I, I hope the governor exercises the power that um, many believe he has to remove her from office. I don't know how this state attorney's office here, Orange and Osceola County, uh, continues. I can only imagine the internal morale problems. Who'd want to work for somebody like this with a ruling like that against her by the highest court in the state? Yaffe, your take on it, and a look at our text line as the best audience in talk radio. Sounds off.
3: Well, I agree with the Supreme Court as do our texters. I mean, there's no doubt to me that you can't just decide which laws you like and which laws you don't like. I mean, come on. You're elected to prosecute the law.
0: She's an anti-death <laughs> penalty liberal. okay? Yeah, exactly. Funded by George Soros, the ultimate anti-death penalty liberal billionaire financier who pumped over a million dollars into a campaign, and I think there was at least a wink and a nod, said, you know what you need to do, Aramis, if we get you in there.
3: Yeah, and you gave uh, three different options of what to do with her next. Yeah. Uh, One person said, all of the above, bud. She needs to go. Okay. And I agree.
0: There we go. We're all over this. We're going to get back into it in the 7 o'clock hours, so... Be ready to go. But we got a lot more to talk about here on the 50,000-watt front porch as we roll on to 9 o'clock for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit Laura com. Great to have you with us on Labor Day weekend getaway day here on the 50,000-watt front porch. And uh, in connection with Labor Day, a couple of things you're going to want to look for. And Tom Alexander in for Deb has that story off
1: the top. Tom? Thanks, bud. Good news and bad news for drivers this Labor Day holiday. Bad news is you'll be paying more for gasoline. Good news is you won't be paying more for long, at least according to Josh Carrasco of AAA in Tampa.
4: Gas is going to be a little bit more expensive here in the short term, but you know, long term, what we're actually looking at uh, as we head into the fall is once these refineries are back operational, we should actually see gas prices go back down.
1: Blame the price hikes on Hurricane Harvey and the fact that it's forced the closure of refineries and has put some avenues of fuel transport temporarily out of commission. Right now, AAA says the average price for a gallon of regular here in Central Florida, two forty-eight a gallon, up 20 cents from a week ago. Ouch. <laughs> the news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Supporters of President Donald Trump won't be showing their support publicly next week. Orlando police said yesterday that organizers of the America First rally set for next Saturday at Lake Eola Park canceled the event. Act for America says it wanted to help de-escalate the rising tension and violence in the country, and it will instead hold an online event. The Southern Poverty Law Center has described Act for America as an anti-Muslim hate group.
0: I'll tell you what that group's all about in about 10 minutes, okay, Tom?
1: Okay. A Confederate monument in Hillsborough County is ready to be taken down. A chain-link fence now surrounds the 32-foot-tall marble obelisk monument outside the Hillsborough County Courthouse. County Real Estate Facilities Services Director Josh Bellotti says it will be gradually dismantled starting early next week. What a shame. Even once
4: we start doing the actual lifting, we anticipate the process taking between two to three days just with being a slow, deliberate process and all the different intricate pieces that are involved.
1: Velotti says the 26 pieces will be transported to an undisclosed location, then taken to a cemetery in Brandon to be put back together. As
0: I said, what a shame, at least in my not-so-humble opinion. (laughs) Go ahead.
1: A former state representative is likely heading to prison. Daytona Beach's Dwayne Taylor was convicted yesterday of wire fraud for using campaign donations for personal expenses. Taylor was accused of using campaign cash on a Mercedes-Benz and a wedding at the Waldorf Astoria in New York. He'll be sentenced in November and could get up to twenty years. WFLA News Time now, 635. I'm Tom Alexander, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025 WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues right now.
0: Thank you, Tom. Let's bring in Joan Doniger, who is in Washington, DC, in the Bloomberg newsroom there. In for Gina Cervetti, who's on vacation this week. And good Friday morning to you, Joan.
5: Good morning, bud. Hey, Good to be le- here.
0: let's take a look at the uh, stock market performance yesterday, the futures. And uh, I know there's a lot of anticipation about the big jobs report coming in today, right?
5: That's right, Bud. Investors are heading into this long holiday weekend after setting a record. The Nasdaq finished up 60 points yesterday to hit uh, 6428. Now, the Dow and S&P also posted gains, though not record-setting ones. But it was all based on strong economic data released yesterday. That will drive things today, too. As you mentioned, the August jobs report is coming out this morning at 830. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg are predicting an increase of about 180,000 jobs. added last month but this can be kind of hard to gauge for august because of all the vacations
0: interesting there what about the harvey factor uh with the markets Uh, i know it shook them early on when the storm hit land and the floods were unleashed you detect any of that going on now or has that kind of worked its way through
5: that has apparently kind of worked its way through, except, as Tom just said, you know, for the gasoline markets, that's still an issue. But for the stock market right now, everything's copacetic. It, it's not going to affect the jobs data for August because the surveys that compile all that information were wrapped up before Harvey. But it, uh, Harvey is going to impact some other data that's coming out today. Now, Joan,
0: also, as we move on to the Bloomberg Business Report, I've been hearing a lot of reports that the the car industry sales are kind of soft we got some numbers coming out today on that right
5: Yeah, and that's where Harvey's making an impact, August car sales numbers. Analysts thought we would see August turn out to be the first month this year in which we would see sales increase over the same month last year. You know, the last two years, we have seen record-setting sales in the car industry. Um, Now, Harvey is denting those numbers. Edmunds.com analysts are predicting a drop of a half percent in overall sales from last August to this one. However, in the future because there were as many as a million cars destroyed by harvey and its flood floods in the texas gulf coast region um car sales are expected to increase because people will have to replace what they've lost
0: and it's interesting joan um, bloomberg has a take on this um, situation with president trump and the daca program the so-called dreamer program um and uh it's believed that he's going to end it and and these young people who were brought into the country Um, by their illegal alien parents, you know, and they had no control over the situation because they were so young, are ultimately going to have to leave the country. There's some big time corporate pushback against doing that, right?
5: Yes, there is. There's as many as uh, there are as many as 800,000 people who are affected by this. And business leaders are telling President Trump they want this program kept. Uh, that program allows renewable two-year work permits and it protects these uh, children of undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. Uh, from deportation. Now, executives from 350 companies, some of them are universities, a lot of them are businesses, and a lot of them are tech companies have signed a public letter that urges President Trump not to end the program among those who've signed some big names to the CEOs of Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook and Apple.
0: All right. And before you go and by the way, the president may actually uh, make his decision today. We'll be watching very, very closely for it. And I know you That's will at right. Bloomberg as well. I, right. I just while you were talking, I have to be honest, I had a great big gulp of coffee to really get oh, me going go. here this morning. huh. Listen up, if you've been drinking coffee this morning or about to, gang, you listen to Joan. She's got a story that apparently, for coffee drinkers, just may give them a gigantic... Caffeine headache. What's up?
5: Yeah, this not exactly appetizing at this hour of the morning either. There is a fungal disease and bugs that are hurting the coffee harvest in southeastern Brazil. Citigroup says about a third of the Arabica coffee farms in that country's largest growing region could be affected. Uh, the coffee production in Brazil could drop ten percent this year, and that's not limited to Brazil either. The problem's hitting Guatemala, Peru, and Honduras. The only good news: the infestations. May not have a very big impact on prices and you can thank single serve systems like Keurig Green Mountain for that because with those single serve brewers there's less waste and so there's less demand for the huge amounts of coffee that, you know, we consume.
0: Sorry, I'm staring down into my cup here. What is that (laughs) swimming around down there? No, 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 (laughs) no. Stop. All right, Joan,
5: listen. Great job
0: in uh, in for Gina Cervetti from the Washington, D.C., Bloomberg Newsroom. Have a wonderful Labor Day weekend, and we'll look forward to you joining us sometime in the future, not too far out.
5: Likewise, and I will look forward to it as well. Thanks a lot, Bud. Thank you, Joan. Be good.
0: Take care. All right, we continue now with what's bugging the Bud Man, and i got all kinds of things on my chest here. Some things you need to know about that canceled Orlando pro-Trump rally and what they're saying about the group that was going to hold it. Let me set the record straight as I see it. And, uh, oh, the Women's March. You remember that crowd? They want Texas flood relief donations going only. Only to whom? I'll tell you in a moment. Stay tuned. That and Orlando's Newsletter and Traffic in two minutes on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. You know we're pro-law enforcement here. We really are. It's why I'm disturbed and disappointed in this situation with the state troopers here. You know, it's come to light that emails were flying around from the highest levels of the Florida Highway Patrol that do such a great job. Where they were saying, we want you to be writing at least two speeding tickets per hour. If that's not a quota, I don't know what it is. And it's resulted in now three top-level members of the force at FHP being gone. The latest, actually, it's a, spe- a suspension of the regional commander, three-day suspension as the as the FHP completed an internal review. I'm always suspicious of that. You know, when you investigate yourself, you know things tend to not come out the way maybe they should. <laughs> I just think that's human nature, right? Um, I'm always skeptical of these internal reviews about whether or not troopers receive quotas for riding traffic tickets. But they found, you know, all these emails flying around about, yeah, t- two tickets per hour is what we need here. We're trying to curb speeding is what they're saying. But it's still a quota. And 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 they're denying it, as a matter of fact. The agency, in wrapping up its review, Yaffe, maintains there are no quotas. But then they document the fact that they've got a quota system going. <laughs> I know.
3: I'm you know, with you. Yeah. Well, if it's not a quote. I don't know what it
0: is. Yeah, I don't know either. And but watch for them on a, on a holiday weekend, you know, quote them yeah. or not, they'll be up there, yep. Lipfoots. Also, this is interesting. You know we have a snowflake alert here and you don't get those too often as far south as Mississippi, but I'm not talking about that kind of snowflake. I'm talking about these 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 delicate young ones who are being raised and everybody gets a trophy generation here and nobody can be offended and they have to have safe zones when they get to college, and otherwise they'll be triggered, and there'll be microaggressions against them, and it's terribly stressful and disruptive of their lives. And so it is that they had some kind of a camp retreat before the school year begins that involved the the, the Greek fraternities or whatever, and somebody was walking around in the woods, ate a banana, and then put the banana peel up on a tree. Three black students, according to the University of Mississippi newspaper, came by and saw the banana peel on the tree and were triggered. In other words, like, I guess that means totally stressed out, okay? No guns involved. Just wimps. To be clear, many members of our community were hurt, frightened, and upset. Bananas have historically been used to demean black people. I didn't know that. I thought they were, you know, they were used to make a really, really great ice cream dish, or maybe really great pudding. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure I understand. I have a
3: banana this. on the way in, in every morning.
0: Well, there you go. I'm, don't leave it on a tree anywhere.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm not
0: quite I will sure not. I understand this, <laughs> but the guy who did it has apologized profusely. Although unintentional, there is no excuse for the pain that was caused to members of our community. Oh, he caved in and apologized? Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, It was man.
0: awful. It was awful. So watch what you do with those banana peels. What is going on? Oh, I'm not done with what's bugging the bud, man. I got a couple of more items here in a moment. But if you'd like to weigh in on what I've just shared with you, I'd love to hear from you. Let's talk it over. Stay tuned, 407-916-5400, or weigh in on the text line if you'd like. They're not an anti-Muslim extremist group. They are against Muslim extremism, a.k.a. radical Islamic terrorism. That's what they're against, Act for America. And they want to salute the president who, with all the headwinds in Congress, and particularly in the court system, is trying to protect this country from terrorists getting in from these countries with a largely Muslim population in Africa and the rest of the Middle East, where you just can't vet these people. You have no idea who's coming in. Europe's got a huge problem with Muslim terrorists that they welcomed in. And the president wants extreme vetting, and he's absolutely right. And they want this group, Act for America, to support what the president is doing. They're not anti-Muslim, as the Southern Poverty Law Center would have, you believe. They are anti-radical Muslim, anti-radical Islamic terrorist. And all Americans should be radical Islamic, should be anti-radical Islamic terrorism. Act for America doesn't think all Muslims are evil in this country and looking for the next opportunity to blow something up or someone up or themselves up. They want what the president wants and what any patriotic American should want. They want this country safe from radical Islamic terrorism, the scourge of the earth, and freedom-loving countries. So that's what's going on there. You know, but I have to say, Yaffe, in the current climate, now, I hate to say this because they've been intimidated and are not holding this rally because they don't want to get blamed for, you know, the uprising that will occur, you know, as the Antifa, the left, will show up and trigger something. So it's not happening. But they're being miscast. They're not anti-Muslim. They are anti-radical Muslim, anti-radical Islamic terrorism.
3: You know, it kind of reminds me of how uh, we're miscast on illegal immigration. We're against illegal immigration, and they say we're against all immigration, or they say we're against Hispanics. Right. And we have to remind them, no, we're just against illegal immigration.
0: Exactly. It's the same thing here. They want to blur the line. Finally, what's bugging the bud man here this morning? Are you ready? Remember the women's march right after Trump was elected in Washington, D.C.? I don't know what they were marching for exactly, but they hate Trump. Right you remember I, think them?
3: That, I think that's what they were marching for their hatred for Trump honestly.
0: Can you believe this? The Women's March has sent out a tweet with recommendations for how people can help the victims of Hurricane Harvey in Texas. But apparently, they're only interested in helping non-whites. The tweet here's a list of organizations working to keep immigrant black Latinos and other communities safe from Hurricane Harvey. How to donate money and other aid to communities of color in Houston. They don't like the Red Cross. They think they have a sketchy background in how donations are used after natural disasters and that minorities don't get their fair share. Really? Really? We're going to play the race card when it comes to flood relief? Really? Is that what they're all about, Yaffe?
3: Yeah, this is not very uniting. Not not at all. Plus, plus I have never heard I've never heard of the Red Cross. I mean, I know people have problems with the Red Cross, but in terms of being against minorities, that's a new one to me.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know. What do we do? I mean, do we do we do we turn it into the Black Cross or the Brown Cross? Will that work better? Is that what we need to do? God forbid it's a White Cross. Red Cross pro-Indian, right? Oh, let me get into the redskin controversy. Oh, my God, don't take me there. (laughs) Anyway, this is making me a little crazy. How about we do something else? How about we do a little news? And we will hear in just a moment. Tom Alexander is in for Deb this morning and has been all week long doing a great job in her stead. She'll be back next week from vacation. Reporting on uh, gas prices skyrocketing here. If you haven't noticed it yet, I saw 249 all over the place coming in, the highest in a long time, and local firefighters saving a newborn's life. We have two more hours to go for the Frontgate Realty Studio on Labor Day weekend getaway day here on WFLA. Visit Laura We're glad you're with us. Good morning at 659. Good Friday morning, Orlando, and welcome to the month of September. We're glad you're with us here at seven o'clock as we update Orlando's news weather and traffic for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud
1: Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander and for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning, gas prices skyrocket for Labor Day weekend. Local firefighters save a newborn's life. We'll have details coming up in one minute.
0: The Florida Supreme Court slams State Attorney Ayala. I think she needs to resign or Governor Scott needs to remove her from office. Let's talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando.
1: 703 on News Radio 1025. The impact from Hurricane Harvey is being felt all the way to the gas pumps. That's the news from AAA spokesman Josh Carrasco in Tampa.
4: We would definitely expect gas prices to probably go up between 5 and 10 cents. Uh, Motorists should expect to pay the highest Labor Day gas prices since 2014.
1: Harvey has forced refineries offline, including the largest refinery in the U.S. The storm has also caused other disruptions, but the good news is it shouldn't last long. Once more roads clear, existing stocks of gas can get rolling, and that will start driving the price back down.
0: And when the situation improves in Texas, it's going to get good for the rest of us here. Yaffe was just telling me they did a side-by-side um, comparison on Fox & Friends this morning of the floodwaters a couple of days ago. The floodwaters now, when there was a dramatic difference, and it was all to the good. They got a long way to go, but at least the trend has started getting beyond this thing.
1: Well, it helps now that the rain has moved out of there, and it's not you adding bet. to the problem. Mm-hmm. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A local mom is grateful, and Orlando firefighters are extremely proud after quick thinking and teamwork saved a newborn's life. The mom brought her baby to Fire Station 1 late Wednesday night when he stopped breathing. Lieutenant Tim Capps says the crew of 17 firefighters jumped in to perform CPR, and the baby started to breathe again. He was brought to the hospital, and Caps says the incident reminded him of why they do what they do and why they have to be good at it.
0: Our firefighters are just terrific, and it's amazing all the things that they do beyond the core mission, and that's just the best story.
1: It's great, and and the visual of all 17 of them jumping in to work on this baby and make sure that he survived is just...
0: Precious life saved, and uh, God bless them all for that effort. Wow. True, you give me goosebumps.
1: True heroes. Hurricane Irma is holding steady in the eastern Atlantic with top winds of 115 miles an hour, making it a Category 3 hurricane As of 5 o'clock Eastern Time, the National Hurricane Center located Irma less than 1,700 miles east of the Leeward Islands. It's moving west-northwest at 12 miles an hour. Irma is expected to remain a powerful hurricane throughout the weekend. Officials at South Florida Museum are blaming internal problems for the death of Snooty the manatee. He and other manatees swam through an unsecured panel into another tank where Snooty became trapped and drowned. Museum CEO Brynn Ann Bizio says employees knew there was a problem with the panel a week before Snooty died.
6: Due to breakdowns in record keeping, communication,
5: follow through, and reporting, some action was taken, but no action culminated in actual repair. On behalf of the museum, I apologize.
1: Snooty was the oldest manatee living in captivity. He died in July, one day after his 69th birthday. It was heartbreaking. It really was. I mean, that's just an icon. Absolutely. Snooty, you know? I mean, I remember going to visit him as a little kid. Well, there you go.
0: Yeah. and yeah, just a sad ending, you know. Really and um, Wow. Hmm.
1: WFLA News Time now, 7.06. Read about a Democrat moving to stop President Trump profiting from the Secret Service right now at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now.
0: News, weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio
4: 1025.
0: We're going to get right back into that incredible Florida Supreme Court ruling that I think was right on the nose. And I was so pleasantly surprised that they struck down State Attorney Aramis Ayala, who refuses to prosecute death penalty cases with an absolutely scathing majority opinion. I'll give you a few of the core highlights here in a moment. We'll hear the governor's reaction, um, and we're going to hear from Aramis Ayala with a news conference at 11 o'clock this morning about what she hopes to do from here on out. She says she will heed the Supreme Court ruling. dog doggone well better. Um, I still think that uh, she needs to go. I think she needs to resign. I think it would be the best for all concerned, but I don't think she will. I think the uh, governor needs to move to remove her from office for simply not doing the job she's charged with doing. There have been efforts in the legislature, you know, to uh, set up an impeachment process, but I don't believe that that has actually come to fruition. This would have to be done by executive uh, fiat by the governor. And I really think it's appropriate. I, I just don't think that that office can function going forward. I think it hasn't functioned well because of all of this. And um anyway, law enforcement is thrilled with this ruling. I'm thrilled with this ruling. The Supreme Court, in my opinion, got it right. Let's talk about it together, shall we? 407-916-5400. If you've got an opinion on what went down yesterday, huge story. 407 916 5400, text line 23680. We'll dive in on it, and uh, we'll do that right after I update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you. And that I'll do in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. The Florida Supreme Court doesn't always get it right, but they got it right. And this ruling just absolutely slamming Orange Osceola State Attorney Aramis Ayala in saying that the governor absolutely had the right to take those death penalty cases away from her when she announced when she took office that she would not be prosecuting any death penalty cases. She would not be trying for the death penalty, even for the likes of cop killer Markeith Lloyd. Law enforcement agencies from OPD to Orange County Sheriff and throughout Central Florida and many across the country are weighing in, and they just—they are— Thrilled with this ruling. I think it is absolutely right. The majority opinion in a 5-2 decision, the heart of it was this. Ayala's blanket refusal to seek the death penalty in any eligible case does not reflect an exercise of prosecutorial discretion, which is what she claims she has. It embodies at best, the Supreme Court of Florida said, a misunderstanding of Florida law. I was watching uh, retired Orange County Chief Judge Belvin Perry weighing in on this, and he said, to say that this was a brutal ruling against Ayala is actually an understatement. And it was like he had never heard anything like that coming out of the highest court in the Sunshine State. The issue is that prosecutorial discretion is supposed to be something that a state attorney exercises on a case by case basis because every case is different. But you don't all of a sudden rule out an entire segment of Florida law. The legislature writes the laws, the judiciary follows the law and executes the laws and sees to it that justice is appropriately done. Wow. I mean, she essentially abolished the death penalty for her part of Florida. She doesn't get to do that. The legislature gets to do that. The governor, many legal experts say, has the power to remove her from office. I think he needs to do it. Belvin Perry was saying he can't imagine what a huge morale problem they probably have had and definitely will have now moving forward in the uh, the state attorney's office under the leadership of Aramis Ayella. Reminder, she never said anything that she would not go for the death penalty when it was appropriate when she was campaigning for this office. She was heavily funded by left-wing anti-death penalty billionaire George Soros and um, threw in over a million dollars into this little race here. And she wound up winning it. And she deceived the public. She should have been forthcoming. They they tell me no reporter asked about the death penalty. I find that hard to believe, but I guess it's true. But... um, She needs to go. Melvin Perry says he can't imagine what a morale problem they have there. How's the office going to function? Knowing that they are led by somebody that the highest court in the state said essentially either has no clue about Florida law or has chosen to operate outside it knowingly. She needs to resign. She has a news conference today at 11 That would be the thing to do. I'm not holding my breath. But the governor needs to move to remove her from office. She has not been doing her job, and I don't see how she can in the environment now created by this ruling of the Florida Supreme Court that I wholeheartedly support. So that's my take on it. What say you? How do you feel about the ruling against Ayala? Do you think she should resign or not? Do you think the ruling was right or wrong? Do you think the governor should just leave her alone? Do you think he ought to suspend her? Do you think he ought to remove her from office? You've got my take, but... Let's take the temperature of Central Florida and the smartest audience in talk radio, shall we? I know it's a holiday weekend, but I'd really like to know whether you think I'm on the money or off the rails. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Scathing indictment of Orange Osceola State Attorney Aramis Ayala in that majority opinion from the Florida Supreme Court and by a 5-2 ruling, they have determined that the governor absolutely was within his rights to take those death penalty cases away from her, and that the fact that she came into office and suddenly announced that she would not seek the death penalty in any case, Markeith Lloyd, anybody. She wasn't going to do it. She didn't like the death penalty. She didn't think it was evenly applied. She has a history of believing that minorities get the bad end of the stick in the criminal justice system. I think she was trying to put her thumb on the scale in that regard, and she came into office not telling anybody where she stood on the death penalty, taking a million dollars from anti-death penalty left-wing billionaire George Soros to fund her successful campaign. It's outrageous what's going on here. And I support the decision. Now I think it's time for her to go or for the governor to see to it that she goes So that's where I am on this coming in on the text line on a Friday morning at two, three, six, eight, zero. Yaffe, tell us what the folks are saying and then give me your take on all of this.
3: Um, Yes, uh, I agree with you. And I agree basically with the texters. One person says charger with insubordination. uh, Bye bye is basically what that texter says. Another person says this. Aramis Ayala should be removed from office. Governor Scott needs to exercise his authority. How can we have someone in high office ruling when she was deceptive to the people of Florida? Yeah. Agree with that completely. Another person said, great Supreme Court decision. Hard to imagine what the other two justices were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I have to agree with that. <laughs>
0: Apparently, they're both going to have to retire by about 2019. So we don't have to necessarily move against them. We just have to wait a little bit longer. Oh, I see. But it was 5-2. It was 5-2. Um, yeah, they, there's the, no the, doubt the, my the mind. The other two in the minority opinion, I, I read some of it. They were going down the line with Ayala that as state attorney, you're elected by the people in your area and um, and you have prosecutorial discretion. But they're not looking at it the way it's really supposed to be on a case by case basis, which you absolutely have to have. Okay, every case is different. But but here she's exercised what she says is her discretion to simply eliminate a part of Florida law.
3: Now, imagine if it was beyond the death penalty. Imagine she just said, I'm not going to arrest people who uh, steal or something. I'm not going to arrest them and put them in jail for anything. Could you imagine? I mean, is she allowed to do that, too, according to these two justices? Well, I think so, and according to her. I mean, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, it really is. That
3: would be a breakdown of
0: the law. It really is. It really is. Anyway, um, there we go. Ron DeSantis. The Jacksonville-area conservative Republican congressman, when he returns to Capitol Hill after Labor Day, is going to offer an amendment that if it passes, he says, would short-circuit Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller's probe of all things related to Russia and the Trump administration. And uh, he's going to talk with me live here on the 50,000-watt front porch coming up here in about... 15 minutes coming up here in just a moment in for deb with the news tom alexander will have our update you don't want to miss that he'll be focusing on gas prices skyrocketing for labor day weekend have you noticed 249 a gallon all of a sudden when i was driving in this morning and how you can spend the afterlife exploring the final frontier that's coming right up Tom Alexander bringing us the news. Deborah Roberts wrapping up her vacation. She'll be back right after Labor Day. Uh, what kind of money did you pay for gas? You filled up yesterday,
1: right, buddy? Right. I filled up after I left here yesterday morning. I uh, paid around 237 Uh but on the way in today, I saw 247 248 yeah. you know, dime or so overnight.
0: Yeah, it's it amazing. Up. You know, when the, when the new trucks come in, you know, and the price is going up, you know, as the supply line gets crimped by Harvey here. I saw 249 at a bunch of stations, and honest to goodness, I think I was buying gas for 210, 215 a gallon about three weeks ago. It's been a big jump, and we get these kind of spikes, but hopefully not for long. What can you tell us on that score, Tom?
1: Well, Harvey impacted refineries in Texas and Louisiana, which is why you're paying more at the pump right now. Uh, In fact, gas has gone up. The average here in Central Florida has gone up 20 cents in the last week. According to Josh Carrasco with AAA in Florida, those prices may go up even more as we head into the Labor Day weekend.
4: We generally get a lot of our supply from the Gulf Coast region, um, but, so that's kind of the reason that we're seeing gas prices rise like we have in the last couple of days.
1: Carrasco says you can expect to pay the highest Labor Day gas prices since 2014, but he adds that once the refineries and roads reopen in the Gulf Coast area, prices should go back down. The news brought to you now by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A Russian company is giving people the chance to spend eternity where no one has gone before. Siberia? (laughs) I think that's where no one comes back. (laughs) It's actually launching frozen dead people into space after they're cryogenically preserved. According to the Mirror, the Russian firm Creo Roots has about 54 people and 21 animals from all around the world in their labs. Another 200 are signed up for this service. The aim is to preserve the bodies immediately after they pass away before they launch them into the atmosphere.
0: Well, you know, I
1: remember that didn't this all start with Gene Roddenberry? His ashes went Star into Trek. space on one on a satellite or something, or one of
0: these deep space probes. Yeah, that's it. Which yeah. just keeps right on going, you know? Exactly. In Search of the Final Frontier. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's the Ruskies version of it, huh?
1: Yeah, and people signed up. They wear a special wrist device that signals the company once they die so that they can get to you quick enough to preserve you before you make your final journey. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of space, today is Force Friday 2, which is where toy companies release all the new merchandise from the next Star Wars movie. A lot of retailers held special events at midnight uh, with... Giveaways, and people got the chance to get their hands on all the new stuff. What do they call this? Force Friday. Got it. Okay. Lego has a new Star Wars toy. It is the largest and most expensive set it has ever produced. It's a new collector edition of the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. It has more than 7,500 pieces and measures almost three feet long and two feet wide. Guess how much this is going to cost?
0: I can't even imagine. 7,500 pieces? A hundred bucks.
1: Eight hundred bucks. Oh, come on. Eight hundred dollars for a Lego set. Most wow. expensive Legos ever had. The next Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, opens in December. Mm-mm-mm.
0: Buy that for your kids. <laughs> Eight hundred bucks, and you know what you get. You get an opportunity to step on those 7,500 pieces <laughs> all over the house. They'll be in your bed everywhere you
1: look, you know? Death by a thousand stubbed toes. <laughs> you ain't a kidding.
0: <laughs> Good stuff, Tom. Thanks, bud. Tom uh, Alexander in for Deb, and um, he'll be with us, of course, top and bottom of the hour, as he has been all week long, and watching for whatever news might break. So we got you covered here in the 50,000-watt front porch. Up in a moment, I'm going to be talking live with Florida Congressman, conservative Republican out of Jacksonville, Ron DeSantis. We've had him on the show before. I'm very interested in this amendment that he will propose when Congress reconvenes after Labor Day that he says is aimed at severely curtailing Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into the Trump campaign's ties to Russia. Congressman DeSantis on the 50,000 watt front porch in a moment. Stay with us on that. We'll have that, and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic will be updated, of course, in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Very happy and very pleased to welcome back to uh, Good Morning Orlando and the 50,000 watt front porch, Florida District 6 Congressman, conservative Republican Ron DeSantis out of the Jacksonville area. Congressman, nice to have you here, and good morning to you. Good morning to you. I was watching you on Fox, and I said we got to get him on the 50,000-watt front porch on WFLA to talk about this amendment that you'll be introducing, apparently, um, to really put a crimp into Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into the Trump campaign's ties with Russia. Tell us about it.
7: Well, what we don't want to be doing in Congress is to be funding any type of fishing expeditions. And the Deputy Attorney General who appointed Mueller was on TV a couple weeks ago and he said, look, the DOJ does not do fishing expeditions. The problem with that is that the order that he wrote to appoint Mueller in the first place virtually invites a fishing expedition because there's no substantive limitations on either the scope or the duration of the investigation. In fact, Rosenstein uh, identified as the basis for the investigation. Comey's testimony in March of this year talking about a counterintelligence investigation into Russia's activity, but not a criminal investigation, which is what Department of Justice regulations call for. So I think Rosenstein bungled this from the beginning. There's a lot of focus on Mueller, what's Mueller gonna do? In my judgment, Mueller is basically fungible because anyone you put in that special counsel's position, given the appointing order that Rosenstein issued with no limits, they are invited to conduct a fishing expedition. And so what I'm trying to do is say, let's not do a fishing expedition, focus on this matter of was there criminal activity between any part of the campaign and Russia government, yes or no, and put up or shut up. And if you haven't been able to do that by next spring, that will be almost two years of investigating between the Comey investigation and then when Mueller was superimposed on that in May. And um, that, I think, is responsible. It's not responsible. just have an investigation that is totally amorphous, open-ended, where show me the man and I'll try to find you a crime.
0: So you have an end date in your amendment for the funding of the uh, uh, Mueller probe, right?
7: That's right. So it'll basically be six months from enacted. So that's probably going to be about April 1st. And Comey started the investigation in 2016. So that'll bring us all the way to the summer, the spring of 2018. And if there hasn't even been a crime identified, much less enough evidence to implicate somebody, then I think it's better that we move on with the American people's
0: business. There are a lot of amendments on both sides uh, focused on the uh, Mueller probe. A lot of Democrats are are pushing some amendments that, if passed, would protect Mueller probe and, and let it go on in perpetuity, it seems to me. What kind of support do you believe your amendment will generate?
7: Well, I think that I've gotten a lot of support from uh, the grassroots and from from Republican voters in particular. Um, How members of Congress view it, I think we'll get a lot of Republican support. But in Washington, Mueller and this Russia thing is the media's baby. I mean, they love this thing. They want it to go on for as long as possible. So it's going to be viewed very negatively inside Washington by the Washington post and New York times, you know, the, the legacy media outlets, obviously all the Democrats will oppose it. So for, for Republican members, um, you know, they're going to be pressured to say, no, no, just let this go on and on. Um, So we'll have to see, but look, put the cards on the table here. I mean, the Democrats, they want a fishing expedition and they want this to just go on. That's what they're trying to do. So, uh, we'll see. Um, we'll see how it all shakes out. But I think that what I've done is very reasonable to just provide some scope to the investigation, which really should have been done at the beginning. Yeah. I never thought there should have been a special counsel. But if you're going to do it, you have to identify a crime to investigate oh, yeah. and put limits on the on the budget and on the um, and on the time. Because in a normal prosecutor's office, prosecutor may have hundreds of other cases, so they can't afford to just do keep digging on something where there's no evidence. But in this case, the special counsel, all he's got is this. So he has every incentive to just keep looking until they can dig up something on somebody, whether that's five years ago that Paul Manafort didn't submit a proper form or whatnot, and then pursue these things that are really tangential to what the whole investigation was supposed to be about.
0: I'm with you, Congressman DeSantis. Our time is getting a little tight here, but i got a couple of more questions for you. Would you advise President Trump to fire Mueller or not?
7: I would advise him not to fire Mueller uh, just because I think it would create a political firestorm. I think he absolutely has the authority to do it. But I think the way you rein in Mueller is by Congress putting the pressure on. um, And what we can do is if my amendment passed, obviously that would provide limits. But if we can get a good vote in the House and that could potentially we can then go to Rosenstein, the deputy AG, and say, hey, you didn't do this right. You need to reissue the order in a limited way. And if he does that, then that could solve a lot of our problems.
0: Also, what is your assessment of uh, President Trump's leadership uh, in, with Harvey and, and the flood disaster? I think it may be his finest hour. It, it's like he's using his CEO skills Here's a massive problem. Let's put a team together and tackle it. I like what I see. How do you see it?
7: Oh, I agree. I think he's done a great job. And you can tell he's done a great job because if he wasn't doing a great job, the media would be harping on it. Instead, what they're doing is they're criticizing Melania for wearing high heels on the helicopter (laughs) and all these other little things. So that's a telltale sign that this is a president who's been engaged. He's been very uh, forward-leaning on this thing. And look, this disaster is still going on, but you know, I'd much rather face a disaster with the president's leadership with Greg Abbott in Texas. I think it's been a good, strong team, and um look, we gotta we gotta help these folks. But it's much better there we're in a much better position to do that because of that good leadership.
0: Got about thirty seconds, Congressman DeSantis. There's been a lot of talk about the two thousand eighteen Florida governors race and that you might be a Republican candidate. You gonna run for governor?
7: We'll see very soon. I think, uh, you know, I've said probably in the fall, I wanted to get through a lot of our key legislative debates in the Congress. But at the end of the day, um, I think that there uh, is a need for somebody, um, you know, who has a military background, who has strong conservative credentials, but also somebody, you know, who appeals to those Trump voters as somebody, you know, who's been willing to support the president's agenda.
0: When do we look for a decision on that?
7: I think it'll be before the end of the year, probably in the fall.
0: Congressman Ron DeSantis out of Jacksonville, Florida Congressman, District 6, doing a great job. And thanks for coming on here. Hope you enjoy your Labor Day weekend before you get back to it in Congress next week. Thank you, Congressman, for coming on.
7: Thank you. Thank you. Have a good
0: one. All right. We will indeed. Thank you so much. Coming up, the Rush Morning Update and a third big hour on the 50,000-watt front porch with everything you wanted to know about flood insurance. Very timely topic not only in Texas, but right here in Florida at the height of hurricane season. And we have a FEMA expert live with the Budman on flood insurance in our 8 o'clock hour. In a moment, an update on Orlando's News Weather and Traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here on a Friday morning getaway day for Labor Day weekend. Here at 8 o'clock, we're going to update Orlando's News Weather and Traffic for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. Gas prices skyrocket for Labor Day weekend, and a man's accused of opening fire in a dispute of, over a dog. We'll have details coming up in one minute.
0: Talking flood insurance, everything you and I need to know with a top FEMA expert live in a moment here on Good Morning Orlando. 8.04
1: now on News Radio 1025. Harvey caused trouble for Gulf refineries, and that has helped send prices up at the pump. But AAA spokesman Josh Carrasco in Tampa says we are actually in a good place when it comes to supplies. Right now, transport is more of an issue than refinery trouble
4: gasoline stocks are above the five-year average so supply is there it's just a matter of at this point changing the way that we transport it to some of those areas that need that gasoline product Um, so as soon as some of those roads open up in texas and uh you know the power is restored to some areas um, they're going to be getting out that product as quickly as possible
1: he says we'll be paying the most for gasoline this labor day holiday since labor day of 2014 but prices shouldn't stay up for long AAA says the average price for a gallon of regular right now in Central Florida is 2.48. That's 20 cents higher than just a week ago. The news brought to you by TrustCo Bank, Florida's Hometown Bank. An Orange City man is accused of shooting at a neighbor over a dog. Robert Mosher says he grabbed his gun when he heard what he told police was a crazy or drunk woman banging on his door and ringing his bell. The woman at the door happened to be a neighbor who says she just went to complain about Mosher's dog running loose on her family's farm. That woman told police she ran away after Mosher fired the first shot, but that he shot at her again before she was able to get home and call 911. Governor Rick Scott is giving the Florida Supreme Court a thumbs up for ruling that he had the right to remove dozens of death penalty eligible cases from Orange Osceola State Attorney Aramis Ayala's authority. Ayala announced in March she would not seek the death penalty in any case in her circuit.
2: Every crime uh, needs to be looked at, you know, f- full justice. You know, we've, I think I've moved uh, 29 cases to Brad King. Uh, I think it's very important that we always think about the victims and their families.
1: King is a state attorney in a neighboring circuit. Meanwhile, in response to the ruling, Ayala says she's formed a death penalty review panel to evaluate murder cases in her district. Computer models are showing a variety of possible paths for Irma, which is now a Category 3 hurricane in the eastern Atlantic. National Hurricane Center's 5 o'clock advisory had Irma with top winds of 115 miles an hour, moving west-northwest and nearing the Leeward Islands in Puerto Rico by Tuesday. Some projections indicate the hurricane will head toward the eastern U.S. Others show it making a turn away from the Atlantic coast. Finally, UCF opened its new football season with a 61 17 route of FIU in Orlando last night. Quarterback Mackenzie Milton threw for 360 yards and four touchdowns for the Knights. Traquan Smith caught a pair of scores in the victory. UCF hosts Memphis next Saturday. WFLA News Time coming up on 8.07. Read President Trump may visit Houston and Lake Charles Saturday online right now at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. I'm surrounded by Golden Knights here. You're a UCF grad, you, Yaffe, as well. Bryce, you went to UCF. Yeah. What a stunning start to the football season.
3: Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Now I'm upset.
0: <laughs> I watched some of it last night. They were cleaning their clock. It was just flat out fantastic. I mean, maybe we got a great
1: team, or maybe FIU is really bad. I don't know. Maybe it, the answer's somewhere in the middle. We'll see when the. Memphis will be a little tougher next week. Pretty exciting, right, Bryce?
6: Oh, yeah. Memphis actually had a really good game, too, so that's going to be an exciting one.
1: There you I'll go. i have to
6: watch it. i got to well, watch it.
1: No, yeah. We're all over
0: the nights. That's great. We're the Gator Nation station. We'll be broadcasting the. Uh, Gator game against Michigan here on Saturday. Kickoff three thirty. Um, ahead of that will be the uh, the pregame. Of course, um, in a moment we're going to get into a very very important timely issue here with an expert from FEMA. Everything you need to know about flood insurance. And you've been hearing the stats: eighty three percent of the people in the flood zone in Texas, the flood victims don't have flood insurance. Okay, how do you get it? What does it cover? What does it cost? We're going to find out from our FEMA expert in a moment. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather and traffic, in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I was stunned to learn that 83% or so of the flood victims in Texas, they estimate, do not have flood insurance. I wonder whether that kind of percentage holds up here in Florida. I don't know a whole lot about flood insurance. I'm about to find out a whole lot more, and perhaps you'll learn along with me as we welcome from FEMA, Susan Wilson, who is the chief of FEMA's floodplain management and the chief of the insurance branch for FEMA Region 4 that covers the southeastern United States and includes Florida. Susan, welcome to Good Morning Orlando. Thanks for coming on this morning.
8: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: You're the expert. I got some basic questions because I don't think a lot of people know a whole lot about flood insurance. Who needs flood insurance?
8: Well, I think everybody needs to think about having flood insurance to protect their their home, their business, their investments.
0: You can only get it through the federal government, right? I mean, your homeowner's policy, it might cover water damage, but not from a flood like it once did, right?
8: Um, No, for for many years um, the Flood Insurance Program uh, was created to provide that insurance coverage availability um, to communities that agreed to adopt and enforce a local program of floodplain management. So I'm happy to say that in Florida we have 467 communities, those are municipalities or county governments that participate in the National Flood Insurance Program. That means that they have that local program of floodplain management. And it, in exchange for them do it, having that program of floodplain management, then flood insurance is available throughout their community. So we're talking about municipalities or um, Native American tribes like the Seminole Tribe or um, unincorporated counties.
0: Susan Molson uh, is our uh... Our flood insurance expert from FEMA here. How do you get flood insurance? A lot of folks may not even know how to interface with the government to get it.
8: Well, actually, you can go to any state licensed property and casualty insurance agent. So the same insurance agent that you have your homeowner's insurance or your car insurance uh, through, um, they can help you um, write uh, and, and purchase a flood insurance policy.
0: How do you come to know whether or not you're actually in a floodplain and need it? I know if you are, apparently, in order to get a mortgage, if you're buying a house in a floodplain, you're going to be forced to buy this coverage. How do you find out whether you, you know whether you really need it? Whether you're in a low-lying enough area to need it? Well,
8: the um, the uh, all the flood insurance rate maps are on um, the FEMA website. It's www.msc. Emma and Mary. Uh, C is in Charlie, or um, S is in Sam. C is in Charlie. Uh, dot FEMA. Dot gov. All
0: um, right, so it's so it's MSC. Yes. Okay. All right.
8: That stands for Map Service Center.
0: I get it. I get they it. Have
8: all the flood maps, um, including the historical flood maps, um, uh, posted on that website, and you can just enter your address and it will um, take you to the map that's in effect currently for your area.
0: MSC.fema.gov. Now, what does flood insurance cover, and what does it not cover, Susan?
8: Ooh, that's a a pretty broad question. So um, for a, a building to be an insurable building under the flood insurance program, then it has to have at least two walls and a roof. It can't be entirely over water, um, it can't be more than 50% below ground. Now, that also includes manufactured homes and travel trailers provided that they're anchored to a permanent foundation. So the the national flood insurance, uh, the standard flood insurance policy would cover uh, damage from flooding from any source. Um, so that would be from, um, you know, inland or tidal waters, um, overflow of the drainage system, for example.
0: Well, let me ask you a question and we're getting tight on time here. Susan Wilson with FEMA, supposing God forbid, we have a hurricane that puts a bunch of houses underwater, like what we're seeing in Texas right now. Do you get full coverage for the restoration of your home or is there a limit?
8: There is a limit, and that is imposed by Congress. Currently, the limit for coverage for a residence is 250,000 on the building and a hundred thousand on the contents or personal property. Now for businesses and non-residential buildings, they can purchase half a million dollars on the building and half a million dollars on the inventory
0: and contents. Before you go, what does flood insurance through the federal government cost?
8: Well, that is a, a, another difficult question to answer because it is rated based on the very specific information about that building.
0: For the average homeowner, am I right? Six or seven hundred dollars, or so? I, I'm seeing some numbers like that. What,
8: Currently, about seven hundred dollars. But the the thing I want everybody to to uh, think about is that. Um, everybody is at risk of flooding. It, it's it's really a degree of risk. So we don't want people just thinking, well, I'm I'm in the uh, or I'm outside of the special flood hazard area, so I I don't need it. Um, um, you know, we're seeing on the TV a lot of information um, about um, property owners in Texas that didn't purchase flood insurance. They thought they were safe. Um, everyone is at risk of flooding.
0: Before you go, Susan, if people have questions of FEMA about getting flood insurance, do they go to that same website that you gave us before on the maps?
8: There's a lot of information on the website. There's also a good site um, called uh, floodsmart.gov.
0: FloodSmart.gov. And, well, that will wrap it up. And I thank you for your time and your expertise. Susan Wilson with FEMA. She's the chief of floodplain management and the chief of the insurance branch, Region 4. That's the southeastern U.S., including Florida. Susan, thank you. Have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you. Okay, good deal. More coming up here in a moment um, on Good Morning Orlando. Oh, not so fast, Harriet Tubman. You might not wind up blowing Andy Jackson off the $20 bill after all. Stay tuned. That and Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Harriet Tubman was a towering figure in American history. The black woman from the Civil War era, famous abolitionist, anti-slavery leader, helped many enslaved people escape the South. Former President Obama, the first black president, wants and wanted and got with his then Secretary of the Treasury, um, Jack Lew, to take Andy Jackson off the front of the $20 bill and put Harriet Tubman on. Well, now he's not president anymore, and Donald Trump is He has said some nice things about Harriet Tubman, that she is fantastic, but putting her on the $20 bill would be an example of pure political correctness, and it absolutely is. So yesterday on CNBC, current Treasury Secretary in the Trump administration, Steve Mnuchin, was asked about this, and Mnuchin said, it's not something I am focused on at the moment, and he refused to commit to carrying forward with putting Harriet Tubman on the front of the $20 bill. The plan was to banish Andy Jackson to some corner of the back of a 20 okay? Well, guess what? Trump loves Jackson. He loves Andy Jackson. He fancies himself as cutting the mold of Andy Jackson, the populist president. He has a portrait of Jackson in the Oval Office, for crying out loud. I don't think this is going to happen, nor do I think it should happen. Oh, Budman, you're biased, you're prejudiced, you are racist son of a gun, you! No. Harriet Tubman doesn't meet the standard for being on the money. Okay? You get on our money by being an iconic founding father. And there are no more of those around that I'm aware of these days. That would be Ben Franklin On the $100 bill, that would be Alexander Hamilton on the $10 bill. Or you need to be a dead president. George Washington, Abe Lincoln, U.S. Grant. That's how you get on the money. you got to be a dead former president. Barack Obama, when he dies, will wind up on the money because he's the first black president. If Hillary had won the presidency, she would wind up on the money when she died because she would have been the first female president. And I would totally understand that. But if you're not a dead president or an iconic founding father, you don't get on the money. That's the standard that keeps Harriet Tubman off the 20. If President Trump does what he says he will do. Well, he hasn't exactly said it, but he's making a lot of noise like he's not going to be going for this. And I think Mnuchin is in lockstep with him on that. And that's what you got in the interview yesterday. Hey, it's Free Movie Friday. Thanks to Adam Tickets. They want to give you a chance at free movie tickets for the Labor Day weekend. you got to love this. Check out the Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions all from your phone. Skip the lines at the theater. If you download the Atom Ticket app right now, they're giving new users five bucks off their first movie with a promo code RADIOVIP. Text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, to ATOM1, A-T-O-M-1, or 28661, now for your chance to win. And enjoy the movies, courtesy of the Atom Tickets app. It is terrific. Boy, I got to tell you, it's a rude awakening when I get up and drive to work and check out the prices at the gas
1: stations, Tom. And there's a lot of that going around, isn't there? There sure is, bud. And I have good news and bad news for drivers this Labor Day weekend. Bad news, you're going to be paying more for gas. The good news is it won't be like that for very long. The price hikes are due to Hurricane Harvey forcing refineries to close and making it tough to transport gas to where it needs to go. Prices should drop as those refineries and closed, closed roads reopen. Right now, AAA says the average price for a gallon of regular here in Central Florida, two forty eight a gallon. That's 20 cents higher than this time last week. I saw two forty
0: nine dollars at a whole bunch of stations coming in this morning, and you were seeing something similar, right? And it spiked very quickly. Yeah,
1: it seemed to have gone up about a dime overnight. yep what don't you got? The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. But robots handle a lot of things this day and age. Manufacturing, entertainment, just about everything in between.
0: Yeah, they're going to be hosting talk shows before you know it.
3: (laughs) I was just about to say that. That's what's coming. I'm not liking that.
0: I'll be okay, but for you guys coming up, you're gonna be you're gonna be going head to head with the robots, Yaffe. You better yeah, be how, good, man. How do
3: I compete with the robot? No,
0: you can handle it. Bring your A game, as you always do. <laughs> anyway, go ahead.
1: Well, now you can add funeral services to the list of things robots can do. A Japanese robot named Pepper is available for hire as a Buddhist priest for funerals, according to the Guardian. The robot's code let it lets it chant sutras in a computerized voice while tapping a drum offering a low cost cost alternative to a human priest. <laughs> right now in Japan the average cost of a funeral is about $26,000. Human priests run about $2,200 of that, but you can get Pepper for only 450 bucks. Done. Wait a minute. Deal. Do you die
0: in Japan, it's 26 grand
1: for a funeral? Yes. Yes, apparently the a- and that's the average. So some are higher. Wow, no wonder people live so long in Japan, and can't afford to die. <laughs> 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 so far, no one has hired Pepper for no? funeral services. They're not. <laughs> really? That's a, that's a
3: steal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: you would probably want to go into radio then. Can't get any work as a priest, so watch it, Yaffe. He could be coming after you.
3: Yep, (laughs) (laughs) yep. We got anything else going on here?
1: Yes, this is a red-letter date for Central Florida foodies. This weekend kicks off the International Food and Wine Festival at Epcot out at Walt Disney World. Yeah. The celebration of global cuisine and music runs from now through November 13th. If you do head out to Food and Wine this weekend, you may want to avoid overdoing it. A new study suggests even moderate drinking Could have a negative impact on our brains. Doctors with the Cleveland Clinic say they're not sure how much alcohol really is safe for the brain. Researchers found that folks who drank even moderately had more difficulty coming up with words on impulse when they were tested. People who drank the most had the highest risk of brain shrinkage, which is a form of brain change that's associated with Alzheimer's.
3: Oh man, brain shrinkage, huh?
1: Yeah. I don't like the sound of that. I
3: know. It sounds awful.
1: That's like low flow on Seinfeld. I don't like the sound (laughs) of that. Gee whiz. Brain shrinkage. What is it, like rattling around in there? I guess so.
3: (laughs) Then the robots really will take over. (laughs) This
1: is the first step. (laughs)
0: thank you tom thanks bud been great having you here uh for deb and um he's our backup guy when deb takes vacation and she'll be back next tuesday and we'll catch you next time the deb meister pencils herself out of the starting lineup okay
1: that sounds good it's been a real pleasure being here
0: thanks for the donuts the guy brought in like two dozen donuts for us this morning you gotta love that
3: you can bring those in anytime too even when you're not here <laughs>
1: just feel free. I don't know if I'll be able to get up Same. early enough to make that happen, Yaffe. But I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yaffe's mm-hmm. on the sugar high here. I mean, you know, I mean, he
0: doesn't drink, but I mean, but I, I think this is what he'd be like if he did.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, I don't want my sh- my brain to shrink. You know? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, donuts don't cause brain shrinkage. <laughs> yeah.
0: <Yeah>. Oh man. <laughs> uh-huh. Good stuff from the good <laughs> from the front gate realty. Stu- See that I can't. I'm losing track of my words. Oh no. Oh maybe maybe one last glass of wine this weekend. Maybe I'll be back and better than new, or, or is the damage already done? What do you think?
1: You may want to give it a shot, maybe cut back a tiny bit.
0: <laughs> it's the shots that kill you, actually. Anyway, <laughs> okay, from the front gate Realty Studio, we charge on. Visit Laura dot the com. The Daily Sound Judgment Game. We plunked it right down in our final half hour before the big Labor Day weekend, and the prize couldn't be more appropriate. Bryce,
6: tell us about it. That's right. If you're going out for the Labor Day, you're going to need a hotel stay. And you can win one at Red Roof Inn or Red Roof Inn Plus of your choice anywhere in the country. Call 1-800-RED-ROOF or go to redroof.com to book your stay. All
0: right, we're not going to put you up for two weeks, but we are going to put you up for a one-night stay, you and your family, at the Red Roof Inn of your choice. Okay, so that's the deal. Phone lines are jammed if somebody gets a wrong answer, and that could happen here. We'll open up a line for you to win at 407-916-5400. So here we go. Out in Los Angeles, la la land, the land of the lefties, of course, another American icon and tradition has been erased. I want you to listen to some sound from the L.A. City Commission yesterday, then use your sound judgment to tell me what they have just voted to do.
2: We have history behind us, and we will no longer stand for revisionist thinking celebrating someone who was responsible for setting in motion the greatest genocide known in world history.
0: What has Los Angeles just decided to do? That's our sound judgment question. If you've been catching the news, you should know. Line one, you got the first shot. Go ahead, line one. Nope, gone. Open line, 407 916 It's been all over the news. What has Los Angeles just decided to do? Erasing another American icon and tradition. It doesn't involve statues, but it's related to that. Let's go to line two. What has L.A. just decided to do? Are these phones working, guys? 407-916-5400. Do I need to put another quarter in or something? <laughs> line three, go ahead. Yeah, they're going to erase Lincoln from the five spot. No, 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 no. 407-916-5400. Let's go to line four. Line four, what have they decided to do in L.A.? They voted to get rid of Columbus Day. Yes, they did. You know what they're going to call it now? You don't have to know this to win the prize. You know what they've renamed it in Los Angeles? indigenous people
7: day i think
0: and indigenous americans day or indigenous people's day you actually may be right on that but indigenous no more columbus day out in l.a um that movement is starting to spread across the country and we'll continue to watch it congratulations on being our sound judgment winner
4: thanks i appreciate it
0: yeah well listen we appreciate you as well what's your first name ken ken where are you calling in from buddy
4: uh, Winter Springs.
0: Okay, excellent. Uh, you got a hotel stay on us, and uh, you're going to work it out with Bryce off air in just a moment, okay? All right, thanks a lot. Have a nice Labor Day weekend, Ken. You got good plans? Uh, yeah, we're headed down to uh, Marco Island. Going to be with the family Ooh, for uh, the whole weekend. That's gorgeous down there, Southwest Florida. Drive safely and have the time of your life. Yeah, I already got gas. Man, you got gas. Good <laughs> deal. I'm, I'm telling you, that could become an issue. You're going to pay for it, but at least it looks like you're going to be able to have enough. Thank you, Ken, yeah. and enjoy your holiday. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks. All man. right. Good deal. Don't go away. You and Bryce will have the conversation, and we will get you that prize. As we continue from the Frontgate Realty Studio, as Laura has the Buyers dot com. If you listened to my interview in the last half hour, the last hour with the expert from FEMA, did you wonder as I did? Why the sound on her end sounded so hollow? I I told the guys, I said, it sounds like she's talking to me from inside a 55-gallon drum. I found out exactly what was going on there, and it's an interesting story. And then we need to get into something Yaffe told me. And (laughs) it had me laughing through the last break. We'll get into this in a moment. Don't go away. Well, you can go away if you want. I mean, you know, we're all about freedom. We're freedom-loving Americans on WFLA. But we encourage you to stay with us, and we think you will be well rewarded. So on flood insurance, I was very, very informative, the interview that we had with the top FEMA official Susan Wilson. But I asked the guys in the control room, why was the sound so hollow like she was talking to me from inside a barrel? And the answer, Bryce, because you put her on the line as our call screener, is very interesting. I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble for revealing this, but tell me what was going on.
6: Well, I don't know how to say this where I won't get in trouble, but somebody was monitoring the call, making sure she said the correct things. So she was on
0: speaker. She had a lawyer there for the interview. Apparently that was required. Like, what kind of question am I going to ask the FEMA gal here that's going to cause the lawyer to say, don't answer that,
3: don't answer that? Hang up! Hang up! That's what we pictured, him, like, pointing sternly at her in the background.
0: <laughs> I mean, really?
3: Don't you do it.
0: All we wanted to know was something about flood <laughs> What in the world? This is not an adversarial interview. My God, how paranoid are they? You told me I should not reveal that on the air. Yeah, of course or not. No. What would happen to me? Well you Yaffe. don't want to
3: get you don't want to get put in a FEMA camp, but I
0: don't even know about <laughs> FEMA camps. What is this? I went to summer camp.
3: No, no, this is not this is not good time fun. FEMA concentration camps. Yeah? Uh-huh. They're gonna all put it they're gonna put us all in so FEMA. So
0: what happens? You go to a FEMA concentration is, is this camp? This is real, Yaffe? There's
3: and a there's a Wikipedia page on it. FEMA Camp's Conspiracy Theory. Yeah. Yeah, says, and, and you
0: go to, what, what does it say? Because I, what I am fearing is if you go to a FEMA camp, one calamity after another befalls you?
3: No, no, no. Apparently you go, it's a concentration camp that they say FEMA is planning to imprison U.S. citizens in concentration camps. This is typically described as following the imposition of martial law in the United States after a major disaster or crisis. In some versions of the theory, only suspected dissidents will be imprisoned. Oh! Man. I had I had a friend text me over the weekend and was like, "What is this about FEMA camps? I've heard this for years. It's something that comes up every time there's some natural disaster dealing with FEMA. This theory goes around. It's just crazy."
0: Yeah. Gas prices are crazy too. Are we getting anything in the text line about what people are seeing as the price for a regular gallon of gas? I mean I saw two forty nine overnight this morning. It spiked. I think I was buying gas for about 210, three weeks ago. It keeps going up every single day or every time the next truck comes in. What are you seeing, Bryce?
6: I see that somebody from O'Coe texted in and said two sixty nine. Wow.
3: Of course it'll take a lot longer for it to go down. So it's gone up this quickly and now then we're not talking about months. the
6: bloodsuckers
0: at the uh at the um airport gas stations that get all the car rental folks.
3: <laughs> that's like $5 yeah. a gallon probably. Yeah. That's probably 100 bucks a throw now. <laughs> but that's Oviedo.
6: Yeah. Ocoee. Ocoee. Ocoe. Yeah. Not Ocoe, only that but we know, we know this is going to go up even more. I mean it's going to be a while. Just like yeah. Katrina, it was up really fast and it came down real slow like Gaffy was saying. Yeah, it always comes down slow.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: yeah, that's part of the game. Yeah. Well, listen. I hope you guys have a great Labor Day weekend. We've got special programming on Monday morning, and uh, we'll enjoy a three-day weekend here. And we'll have the Debmeister back doing the news on Tuesday morning, uh, with our take and yours on the hottest topics and talk radio. The president's going down to Texas, down to Houston again tomorrow. So we'll be watching for that. Great football coming up. Congratulations to the Knights putting their. Opener 61-17 over FIU out at Spectrum Stadium last night. And we have the Gators playing Michigan tomorrow. Big national game. Kickoff at 3.30. And our pregame ahead of that. Join us here on WFLA. And we got the Seminoles playing number one ranked Alabama. What a college football weekend. Enjoy yourself, whatever you're doing. And uh, thanks for being with us here this morning. Thanks. God bless you. And God bless America.